dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see headlights on both ends of my day this country life is for me ride with us hpj ride Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Midwest Ag Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer M. Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. How's it going, Kayleen? Great. <laughs> Still not on board with being on camera, huh? No way. <laughs> how, how many times do I have to tell you? It's going to happen. <laughs> that doesn't mean I have to like it. Well, hey, folks, it is a very special episode of HPJ Talk this week, our agritourism issue. And we had our cover story this week from Larry Dryling, and in it he talks about agritourism and all the different ways that it works for local communities. But we wanted to showcase one particular place this week in our podcast. Right, Kayleen? Yep, we took the show on the road. Well, we just went down wider Boulevard, which isn't very far because that's where the journal is situated. We went down to the Boot Hill Museum, and the museum's constructing a new exhibit space and has a capital campaign going on right now to raise funds uh, for their promotion that they're calling Save Our Stories. Right. And places like Boot Hill are so very critical to the overall tourism picture of not just Dodge City, but the whole region's economy. I mean, there are people that come to Dodge specifically for Boot Hill Museum, um, but they end up going and visiting places like Garden City and Liberal and um, up and down our highways here. And so um, these places are critical infrastructures to support. And thousands of visitors, thousands of visitors come each year just so that they can touch a piece of the Old West. Right, Kayleen? Yeah, we see them. I, all year long, you see people from different states visiting Boot Hill Museum. And the day we were at Boot Hill, there was a group of grade school kids from Liberal. So, <laughs> Now, um, you grew up in Dodge. So yes. what are your favorite memories of Boot Hill Museum? Well, they take, I'm not sure what grade it was, maybe fifth graders, fourth grade. I was sick the day of the field trip, so Aww. I didn't get to go to Boot Hill until I was probably an adult. Really? Well, and my dad used to like to go during Dodge City Days. They always had the chuck wagon breakfast at the butt crack of dawn <laughs> at six in the morning. And we would always go there. But we would never go through the museum or anything while we were there because we had to go do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a transplant to Dodge and I love going to Boot Hill. And every time I go, I notice something different in the exhibits every single time. And it's not like they're trading them out on a regular basis. It's just, I there there's so much to see mm -hmm. that it takes you a couple of visits to really absorb a lot of the history that they're sharing there. And folks, the history is remarkable. You got to think about it. Dodge City has only been Dodge City for maybe over a little bit over 100 years. On, on the grand scale of history, that's a blink in the yes. eye. Um, and so... I, I just love going back there, and it is such an important part of saving the stories and the history of where we come from. A lot of people don't understand. If you're two or three generations removed from the farm, 
That also means you're two or three generations removed from actually physically being able to touch the part of your past that made you who part of who you are. You know, yeah. the, the people that settle Dodge City, they're your people. <laughs> I don't know about my people, but <laughs> it was interesting to learn about why the Hoover Pavilion is named the Hoover Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Why uh, Wright Park has the name it does. Um, just all the, the names that are still used in Dodge City. And my maiden name was Orba, And on some of the plat maps in Dodge City, there was the Orba edition up north of town so there's a little bit of that history in there and see you're always going to have that tie your kids are always going to have that tie back to to the the ground the the building of a, of a place like this yeah my oldest he's was begging and begging and begging to go to boot hill last fall <laughs> and finally i i relented and i'm like okay we can go but your dad has to go with us well he had to work so they had cookies with santa mm-hmm. around christmas time and so my sister and I and the boys all went, and then we went through the museum, which was kind of cool because they got to see all the cool stuff that we saw. I tell you what, I just really love chatting with Lynn at the Resource Center about the stories that she's uncovering. You have to understand, Boot Hill Museum was created back in the 40s by the JCs, yeah. and it was a civic organization just trying to share the history of the town with people that... All of a sudden, new Dodge City because of gun smoke. Mm-hmm. And so you have multiple generations of multiple families and multiple volunteers that had gathered um, items of historical significance, but they tucked them away. And sometimes they didn't tell people where they tucked them away. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, recently, Boot Hill Museum opened up a brand new, a renovated Boot Hill Resource Center, and that's where all of the artifacts, all of the items, all of the letters. Mm-hmm. We have letters from Wyatt Earp and Josephine Earp to Wyatt's biographer. Yeah, in the archives. They in, have. in his own hand. You can actually touch them. You can actually see them. You can actually, you know, relive the legend as it is. Yeah. And that's the best part about what the museums like that do is they keep those stories alive. They save our stories. Well, I think when they they renovated the Guyman Petro building, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff saved upstairs. And I think it kind of spurred them to say, hey, we got to do something with this stuff. And I, I'm glad somebody had the forethought to do that. Chalk one up for hoarders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the, just the stories that she's uncovering, and we're going to show some of those to you today later on in the podcast. Or That's why we hope that you and your family get the heck into Dodge City this summer and relive the legend at Boot Hill Museum. Right, Kayleen? Right. We spoke with Assistant Director Lynn Johnson, who's working on the Save Our Stories efforts at the Boot Hill Resource Center. And we chatted with uh, Donor Relations Coordinator Laura Taywater about the upcoming Boots and Beer fundraiser. It's a capital campaign that's going to raise funds for Boot Hill's new exhibit space. And they've already broke ground on the new building and are working. Hopefully they'll get it done by the end of the this year and into next Mm -hmm. year. They it might be a little bit different if you come visit this summer. um, But as we're going to talk with um, Marshall and Miss Kitty later on and as they tell us how what it's like to bring history to life for so many visitors. Uh, they'll also explain the plans for this summer, the contingencies around working around construction <laughs> and tourists and visitors alike. So leave your guns at the well, partner. Sidle up to the bar for a cold sarsaparilla. 
and ride with us on this very special episode of HPJ Talk. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to HPJ Talk. We are here with Laura Tywater. So Laura's job is to make sure that everything that you see here at Boot Hill Museum, there's funding behind it. You make sure that this thing keeps going and mm -hmm. there's people's support behind it. We've got a, a Boots and Beer coming up mm -hmm. and that's the major fundraiser, right? It is, it is, and we've been doing Boots and Beer for nine years oh already. And uh, within the past few years, we have been using Boots and Beer, the auction uh, proceeds to go to our capital campaign, which is uh, Save Our Stories. And uh, so that is helping us fund our new exhibits building. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, since we've been uh, doing the auction, um, those proceeds is, have always been uh, to, to just go to um, operate our facility. Wow. So how much does it take to operate this facility? I mean, how, or how much are we trying to raise in, for our capital campaign? So we're looking at close to $2 million. Okay. Uh, we've raised 1.2 so far, wow. so we're getting close. Um, we have uh, a lot of great support really in our community. We really haven't had to go outside of Dodge City much. Um, so people really want to see this thing built. Mm -hmm. So when you talk to donors and you talk to, to people that are, are helping us towards our capital campaign, what are some of the reasons that they give for putting and investing their time and money into a facility like this, into our museum. Mm -hmm. So they know, we know that it's going to draw in uh, visitors into Dodge City and that's really what we want. Uh, tourism is a, is, is a big deal to us, to Dodge City. Um, we are considered kind of the entertainment capital out here and so we just want to expand on that and it's just good for business. Uh, mm -hmm. It's good for our hotels, our restaurants and just business overall in Dodge City. And, and for families, I mean, it, it's a quality of life. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about that all the time here. I know, um, and Kayleen too, uh, anytime I've got visitors to Dodge, the one thing that I always try to make sure is we have a trip to Boot Hill Museum. Absolutely. And it may sound hokey, it may sound kind of corny, but those are the memories that families remember. Those vacations yeah. are the memories that just last forever, especially if you get your photo taken oh, yeah. um, with our old timey garb oh, yeah. and a few other things. Oh yeah. So that's Boots and Beer, um, our capital campaign. Now, visitors may notice that we have some construction going on. Mm -hmm. um, maybe talk a little bit about what that construction is and what do we hope to see at the end. Mm -hmm. So right now we are in construction and we will be throughout the summer, unfortunately, but uh, we still want people to come visit us because we're gonna be doing a lot of extra fun, exciting things this summer, um, just so that people will still come and visit us even, mm -hmm. even during this, uh, construction. Um, but what we are doing was we're building um, a 13,000 square foot exhibits building. Uh, we will be featuring nine new exhibits. And what's great about those exhibits is we will be um, using a lot of technology, um, interactive displays, hands-on exhibits. Oh, wow. um, so it'll be wonderful for students, for kiddos, for families. Uh, and then we are going to feature a, a big event space. Um, uh, so we'll be um, doing some traveling exhibits in that and, and just some private events. And we'll be doing some extra events ourselves out there. Um, so we'll just have a lot of space to do that with. And, oh, wow. and of course, everything stays the same out here. People mm -hmm. can go through the new building and then come out here to Front Street and they can spend a day or two <laughs> out here yeah and so that will we'll have that open next spring in 2020 right. so we'll, we'll be ready to go uh, before our summer season next year oh, wow so big question though what are we going to do with the gunfights oh this year or next yeah, year this year okay <laughs> this year and i'll let i'll let our marshal talk, mm -hmm. talk to you a little bit because he's he's got a little bit more detail but uh 
we're going to be doing a lot more gunfights this summer, so we want people to come out here and spend the day with us. So three or more gunfights a day, okay. uh, whenever whenever they think that you know we have the crowd to do it, uh, and we're going to um, have the reenactments by the First Union Church. Okay, and we have the space for it out there, Good. and so they've got a lot of really cool stories and things that they're going to do with their gunfights. Okay. It's going to be it's going to be a special summer. <laughs> Boot Hill has a very special. In everybody's hearts, and um, especially here in Dodge City, um, what is your favorite part of Boot Hill? And when you have visitors come, what do you always say? I, I want to show you this because we have this and nobody else has it. You know, our gun collection. Mm -hmm. I hear that from people everywhere. Um, in fact, I was just in Wichita yesterday and, and I had people tell me, you have the most amazing gun collection that we've ever seen. Right. Um, and we keep adding on to that and we encourage people to come back and see it every summer because we, we are um, we're expanding and updating and doing all kinds of things. And then, of course, the gunfights and the, the dancing we love. <laughs> and that's why people come out and see us. You know, the yeah. cemetery. I can just go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> with things out here <laughs> well now if people are listening to this or watching this on our youtube channel uh how can they help how can they how can they donate mm -hmm. where where can they go to to um, find more information yeah well, what's really cool that you're doing the show right now is we're actually very active in our membership drive right now. And what that does is it helps us operate what we have. And, um, and so people can go to boothill.org and they can check out our um, association. We've got different levels of membership and that includes, uh, you'll have tickets for our show and dinner and a presentation from us and, and just some other uh, benefits, some gift shop discounts. Um, but that, that money helps us uh, to, to maintain our facilities. And then if uh, people are interested in donating to our Capital campaign, they can mm -hmm. go to saveourstories.org or they can go to boothill.org because we have a link to our mm -hmm. capital campaign in there and you can learn about information on uh, ways you can help us out. Um, we are doing naming rights for exhibits right now, so if you want your name on something out here <laughs> on the world famous Budo Museum, uh, you can check that out too. And folks, we will make sure that we have links to that on our HPJ Talk um, sites so that if you're listening to this and you feel inclined to donate or, or to find out mm -hmm. more information you can find it easily well i tell you what thank you laura for mm -hmm. sitting with us today so and much. sharing um the story of boot hill yeah. and for helping us out here's the best wishes towards the yeah. capital campaign yeah. and we will keep you in mind thank you so much appreciate it we'll see you on the trail thank you we are here with lynn johnson who is the assistant director for boot hill museum and you have a very cool job don't you yes i do so what's your job I, um, I help with the administrative side of things, but I also do a lot of the curatorial research. Um, right now we're overseeing the new exhibits that we're getting in our Starbond expansion. So. so basically you get to dig through attics and treasure troves and find the really cool stuff to save our stories. Right. Okay, so talk about the Save Our Stories um, program that we've got going on right now. Well, the Save Our Stories is what we have named our um, capital campaign for the Starbond project. Uh, we need to raise approximately $1.9 million to finish the interior of the building. Um, the Starbonds in the city of Dodge City have partnered with us to pay for the structure itself. So the 1.9 million will help us um, put the new lobby, the new traveling exhibit hall, the new gift shop, as well as our permanent exhibit hall, which is going to feature nine brand new exhibits. Oh, wow. And so the Save Our Stories, the idea behind that is we have stories and we have items in our collection and in our archives that have been stored away and haven't been told. 
And so the Save Our Stories idea is, you know, telling the story of George Hoover and Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson and just really expanding those stories and showing some of those awesome pieces that we, we have in our collection. Okay. So you want to tell us about something that's really neat, some artifact that you guys have uncovered? We um, have found a lot of neat items that we didn't realize we have that had been stored for years. Um, such as Ham Bell, who came here in 1873. His sealskin cat that he would wear in the winter um, is going to be featured in the new in the new exhibits. Awesome. Um, <laughs> we have. <laughs> Where was that? It was in the basement. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, for those of you that are are just new to Boot Hill Museum, um, the museum has been around since what the 1940s? 1947 is when the Boot Hill JCs started the the Boot Hill Museum. So why was Handbell important to Dodge City? Handbell was one of what they called the old timers and he came here as a young man and he did just about everything. He was an undertaker, he had a livery stable, the elephant livery stable that was on what is now Trail Street um, about where Happy Trails Flea Market used to be. That's mm-hmm. approximately where his, and you can still, when uh, Bailey's Body Shop was expanding a couple years ago, they still found horseshoes as they really? were excavating. Oh, that's and, awesome. Oh, and wow. so he not only came here during the boom period, but he stayed and he served as sheriff and he served in several capacities um, for the city of Dodge City. And he even started holding what he called the old timer picnics. So he would get those people from early Dodge City together and be, honor them and he even had a pet shop and I there's still people <laughs> in Dodge City that remember going to Hambell's pet shop. <laughs> now how long did he live in Dodge? I mean the rest of his life. So when did he pass away? I believe in the 40s. Wow. And in fact he can be somewhat credited. Um, he was the one in, around the 20s that and 30s that decided there needed to be a movie made about Dodge City and he actually went to Hollywood and campaigned for a movie to be made and so then the movie Dodge City of course was made I don't Uh, think he was given any credit but I think we can give him some credit well and if you haven't done so you really need to watch Dodge Dodge City with Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland because at the time that was the first movie premiere outside of Hollywood um, that had ever happened and they took a I still, I, I remember the stories of they took a train, a train yeah. uh-huh. and brought them all out here. We still, the Amtrak still uses those same tracks to go to Los Angeles. Yes, and they, they sent many, not only the stars of the movie here, but they also sent some up-and-coming stars to get their name out there, and one of those was Humphrey Bogart. Oh my gosh, Humphrey Bogart <laughs> was in Dodge City, Kansas, people. So tourism is a really big thing, and I'm sure you get a lot of, of, a lot of folks that have really strong ties and thoughts in their heads of, Wyatt Earp, our, mm-hmm. our most famous lawman. In fact, our tagline at the end of our of our broadcast is always um, uh, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. <laughs> I'm so glad you remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't usually say it on the podcast. <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes of his because we are in the news business and fast is fine, but you got to get it right. So maybe tell us a little bit about uh, Wyatt and his brief time here in Dodge and why um, maybe something interesting about that. Because he wasn't really here very long. He he? wasn't here very long and he was only ever assistant marshal. He was never city marshal. But you can tell from accounts of that time and the stories that they knew he was something special, that he really had that presence. And he didn't, you know, use his gun a lot, Mm -hmm. but he really had that intimidation down and people really knew 
that when he spoke, you listened. And um, it was here that he first met Bat Masterson and formed that friendship. Bat and his brothers came to Dodge within the first six months of it being established. And he was here until after Wyatt left. And so there's so much of Dodge City stories that involves Bat. So it's very significant that this is where they met and this mm -hmm. is where they formed that bond. Um, Doc Holliday followed Wyatt Earp here. And this is where they really, their bond strengthened because this is where Doc saved Wyatt from getting shot in the back one day. And um, of course, Doc is such a, a an odd character, <laughs> but at the same time, awesome because he he was a good guy, but he always kind of skirted on the wrong side. And that was that was really, you know, Dodge City has this reputation for being rough and rowdy and stuff, but the mm -hmm. political side of it is so intense, and most of it was political because all of these guys were walking a very fine line mm -hmm. you know they were all lawmen and they all believed in upholding the law but yet at the same time they were all owners of saloons mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like george hoover um his bar he when they when prohibition took effect he was he closed when that prohibition t took effect but when all the other bars stayed open for several more years he closed his because he said i'm not an outlaw but yet he still kept his wholesale business open and still mm. supplied those those bars. So, you know, there was, you know, there was, there was a, a different way of, of thinking back You then. do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One thing is wrong, the other thing is squidgy. Right, right. Um, well, speaking of Mr. Hoover, uh, he is central and pivotal to the Save Our Stories campaign right. because he was basically our guardian angel of Dodge City, wasn't he? Was. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Mr. Hoover. Well, George Hoover came here to Kansas from Canada. All the belongings he owned at the time were in a sack on the back, on his back that he wore. Um, he was around Ellsworth when he heard that they were setting up a new town uh, five miles west of Fort Dodge. And so he went to Kansas City with who we believe is a stepbrother or a half-brother, John McDonald, and got a wagon full of whiskey and cigars and came back and set up in that town site in a tent on, uh, in June of 1872, and he was officially the first business in Dodge City. A day later, he, got, he got, had competition start building, but he was the first. Um, what's significant about George Hoover is that he stayed here the rest of his life. Um, he had, was very successful with his um, bar and selling cigars. Um, he also then went on to become the first president of the First National Bank of Dodge City. Um, but what's really significant is the legacy he left to Dodge City. So when he passed away, his wife had already passed away, they never had children. Um, he left, his, his estate was worth $175,000, which in 1912 was a very significant mm -hmm. amount. Yeah, holy buckets. And he had served um, city council, mayor, several capacities civically, and he had been fighting for years for a pavilion because he knew that Dodge City needed that, but they could never get it passed or they couldn't get the funds raised. So he left $10,000 of his estate to build a pavilion in Wright Park. And so that's, we have Hoover P Pavilion today. Yeah. $100,000 of his estate he left to the city to use for infrastructure as they needed because he knew the, how important that was mm -hmm. and how much money there wasn't. Um, he said, I made my money here and I'm gonna leave it here. Um, that's a good man. Yeah. And do you think, and today, if you come and visit Dodge City, you can still go to Hoover Pavilion. We right. still use it for weddings. 
We use it for quinceañeras. Mm -hmm. We use it for all types of gatherings, and it is still as beautiful today as it was when it was built. Right. And and I just never. I always knew it as Hoover Pavilion. I'm a transplant, Kayleen. You're from the area. I never knew the story of George Hoover, so I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know until I, I really. I know the story until I started working here as well. And do, you, do you think he ever had the the idea that Dodge City would ever grow to the size it is today and and to what it is today? I think he knew that Dodge had that ability to reinvent itself because it started out as a stop on the railroad for buffalo hides and then it transformed into the cattle drives and then it transformed when the cattle drives ended to more agriculture and the rancher. And so he knew that the people here were um, hardy. He knew that they could re con constantly reinvent themselves and we see that still today. Um, when at his funeral uh, somebody got up and said that when people would come in during um, the depression and during the hard times if the bank wouldn't loan them money oftentimes he would loan money to them of his own and they said he had dodges back when nobody else did and that's really what we we feel like um, with our capital campaign is we have dodges back and and Boot Hill is such an important part of that of telling that story well Amen. being from Dodge City I'm glad you guys have <laughs> have, the, have the back <laughs> have our back Um, I'm Jennifer Latsky, and I am joined by our new marshal of Dodge City, yep. um, Andrew Rosner, who, the, talk a little bit about the marshal of Dodge and why this is an critical role to play for Boot Hill Museum and why it's, it's a pivotal point. It is. I do a lot of, they call me the brand ambassador, mm -hmm. is what I'm, my technically I am called, the marshal of Dodge City brand ambassador. Uh, I do a lot of appearances is mainly what I end up doing go a lot of places if somebody wants to see the marshal or I've signed postcards for people and they've mailed them to them. I've gone to Topeka and talked to state legislators. And you just, are a face. I am. And pretty soon a face is going to be up on billboards. <laughs> You'll see me everywhere. So. so now you take over this iconic role from uh, Brent who has been out here for Ever. decades. And he is, he is retired. He has since retired. Um, what what did you ask him before he went off onto the sunset? What did you, um, what lessons did he pass on to you about how to do this for the tourists that come to town? Mainly, we just talked a little bit about you just have to be open and mm -hmm. be able, willing to talk and talk and talk. And I don't really have that problem, so I can <laughs> I can talk to people. You just have to be open for everything. Um, at the same time, I'm trying to kind of take it and make it my own. I'm going to follow his footsteps, but I don't want to copy him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just kind of take it and change my wardrobe from his. I don't want to look exactly the same. So kind of make the role my own type of thing. Well, so. and you guys have big boots to fill because Dodge City was um, the wickedest little town. Yes. And yes. <laughs> the queen of the cow towns. And so what does it mean to you um, when you, when you have those people in the past? Did you did you look into the history of, you know, Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson and those kind of oh, guys? Yeah. Um, and I, I joked with Brent also because, you know, people say he looks authentic. <laughs> but at the same time, people like... Wyatt Earp and the Mastrons and all that, they were only mid to late 20s when they mm -hmm. were in charge. So technically, I'm more authentic. <laughs> so It's a young man's that, game. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really, it's kind of an honor to be able to kind of portray the big names that were here. Okay. So. so part of any role is getting into character, and part of getting into character is the costume and yes. things. So 
what is one key piece of the outfit that makes you the marshal? That when you put that on, you're like, all right, I am no longer Andrew. I am now Marshal of Dodge City. I would say the combination of the badge and the gun. Okay. Because um, I've also portrayed a lot of other people around here, just not the lawman. <laughs> so between the badge and the gun and just the fancy dress. Okay. Dress up close. So you you come from a history of working here at, at yes. the Hill Museum. Were you one of our world famous gunfighters? I have been on and off for the past, I believe, thirteen years. Oh wow. So yep. So now the gunfights are a key component of any visit to Boot Hill Museum. Yes. Um, so, but this year we've got construction going on. So what are we going to do with it, the gunfights? They're going to be a lot different. It puts a damper on our typical plans, mm -hmm. but we always we have practice a couple times a week, and we're figuring it all out. So we're going to gunfight in front of our church here. Okay. Um, and there's going to be more gunfights throughout the day. Normally we only have past years we've only had one at noon, one at seven. Mm -hmm. I believe they're going to add one at three o'clock. Okay. As well as you never know when a brawl might just erupt, get thrown out, and somebody might just get randomly started shooting at somebody. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be a lot more fun. We're also going to do might try and do some more historical. Um, trying to think of the right word. Reenactments. Reenactments. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of our gunfights, we amplify mm -hmm. for the custom for the guests because most gunfights back then lasted fifteen seconds. It was basically one shot so and done? It, it was. So we're going to do more like the Ed Masterson shooting. Okay. So when he died, it actually yesterday was the anniversary of his death, I think 141 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so we do we reenact his shooting and some other fam uh, famous shootings and that kind of stuff. So we'll do a little bit more of that along with more gunfights throughout the day and just random shootings. You'll never know what's going to happen. So now Ed Masterson, for those of you that are, are watching, Ed was the brother of Bat. Bat, yes. And when he died, Bat came guns a blazing, didn't he? Yeah, he was, he was a very unhappy person. Very unhappy. And if you'd ever heard any stories about Bat Masterson, you did not want that gentleman unhappy. No. You wanted to stay on <laughs> a lot of the lawmen from back then. The Mastersons, both, Wyatt Earp especially, they had a take take nothing from anybody type of attitude. <laughs> you did not want to be on their bad side. You pretty much so. had to have that if you were going to keep law and order in the Wild West. Yeah, if you were going to live to be an old man, you kind of had to There you go. had to have that attitude. Well, now um, looking on to this is your first summer as the new marshal. Mm -hmm. um, what do you what are you excited about? What is is the the thing that you're like, I cannot wait till we have opening day and we start seeing more crowds come in and, and is it the kids is it the parents is the, it the kids are the, i think the kids are the most fun because they're just in awe mm -hmm. of it and they just have so many questions and they always want the most common one is that a real gun <laughs> yeah it is um so the kids are, are the most fun we also had like school tours and stuff like mm -hmm. that which are some always kids running around but those are the most fun other than that i don't know if i can point to one mm -hmm. particular thing that i'm looking forward to the most just the more interaction with more with more people and getting to share stories and stuff. And that kind of reminds me, um, we talk about the world famous gunfighters, mm -hmm. um, but there is a lot that goes into that whole shootouts and the, and the fights and things yes. like that. Those are scripted. Um, there's a lot of safety protocols yes. in place and it's for you as well as the guests. Yes. So what are some of those safety protocols in case we've got folks that are a little, little sketchy on that? Well, um, before every gunfight, like 10 minutes or so before every gunfight, we get all the guests out of the entire museum mm -hmm. and just put them in the selected gunfighter visitor watching area. Okay. Um, that's so that way we don't have somebody running across or because we, they are fake guns. They shoot blank or they're, they're real guns. They shoot blanks, but 
stuff still comes out of the place. Mm -hmm. So, and it does hurt if you get hit with something that shoots out of there. Um, so we have designated area for watching. And okay. then as far as us gunfighters, we have practices for a couple months before the season starts, twice a week. We script everything before it starts. Not as much vocally, but mm -hmm. like where you're gonna stand, where you're gonna shoot, the fist fights in particular. Because a big difference between our gunfights and a lot of other places' gunfights is they don't fist fight like we do. <laughs> we get we get really intense. Yes, they do. I, I can so, I can attest to that. Yes, it's mostly theater combat fighting. It is. Yep, and it's all scripted. We they go through it like an, we start working on it an hour before the gunfight, so we get everything planned. They go through the fist fight, the shooting lines. You have to stand in this line if you stand in the wrong spot you're going to get shot you're going to get your bell rung and it hurts there you go so okay well um we just want to thank you for coming on to hbj talk well, thank uh, you for having me we always end our our episodes with uh wyatt earp's most famous uh lawman quote is fast is fine but mm -hmm. accuracy is everything that's right so we appreciate you carrying on the tradition of lawman in dodge city and carrying on Boot Hill's tradition. And if you want to go see Andrew as our new marshal of Dodge City, come on out to Boot Hill Museum this summer. Bring the family and enjoy yourselves. There's gonna be a lot more to see and do, and it's even gonna be way better after construction is done in 2020. So make it a point to get the heck into Dodge. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We are with one of our Miss Kitties for Boot Hill Museum, and uh, this is Christina Million. Christina, do we call you the Miss Kitties? Do how many kitties are there? Well, there's a long line of us, and we um, there's right now there's four. Three of them do the show, and then I particularly do some more of the uh, appearances in public and things like that. And um, you can call us the Kitty Litter. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, kitty you know, um, but yeah, there's a long line of uh, many, many, many Miss Kitties. So, and we are here in front of an iconic dress from Gunsmoke. This was worn by the Miss Kitty, the yeah. premier Miss Kitty, Miss mm -hmm. Amanda Blake. So, as you became a, a kitty, what was it that was kind of handed down? As you know, this is what the role is. This yeah. is the definitive role. This is what we learned from Amanda. Um, because right. she came out here and, and taught some kitties, right? And she, she, yeah, so the first Dodge City Miss Kitty was Rosemary Mock, mm -hmm. and she started in the show. Um, this is our 62nd season of the Long Branch Variety Show, and that runs every night. Mm -hmm. So um, Miss Kitty is kind of a completion of, well, our show, Miss Kitty, is kind of a combination of Gunsmoke Miss Kitty mm -hmm. and Dora Hand, which was an actual character. Well, I say character. Uh, well, she was a, a character person. herself. <laughs> yeah, she was a, a person in Dodge who mm -hmm. was here for a while, and um, that's kind of what it is. Um, and the role of Miss Kitty itself, oh my goodness, it's it's iconic, mm -hmm. and everyone knows who you are. Um, we can spot yeah. you a mile off. <laughs> well, it's not hard to, I'm <laughs> sure, but. Yeah, so um, we were walking up here because this is at the top of the Boot Hill Museum complex um, where you're going to see a lot of the exhibits from early days of Dodge City, but also we talk about Dodge City's role in the 50s and pop culture and 
how um, we we came to be a part of everybody's iconic idea of what the Wild West was. Yeah. Because Dodge City may have been the queen of the cow towns, but she wasn't the only one. Right. That's <laughs> so very true. Yeah. Thankfully for Gunsmoke, we have that pa- or that that vision in everybody's and, heads. And a lot of guests that do come in, they come in and they know Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. They're excited to see. They ask, "Where's Matt?" Where's Doc? You know, where's Festus? I'm like, oh, they're they're in the back. They're busy right now, but they're they're, they're <laughs> on a posse. Here. Yeah, yeah. So now the Miss Kitty outfit, the Miss Kitty look. How yeah. do, how long does it take for you to get oh. into this? Well, um, it depends on how big of a rush I'm in. <laughs> if um, so, there's many layers that go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the bustle, of course, and every all of us, we each have our own dress, mm-hmm. so it's really nice to be able to have something that feels like your own character, Miss mm-hmm. Kitty. And yeah, it goes. It's it, there's layers in here. <laughs> it takes a little while to get on, and then the hair and the makeup mm-hmm. and the feathers, all of it. It's so much fun. So I'd say maybe all around about an hour total to mm-hmm. get ready from start to finish. Now we spoke with your your new marshal. Yeah. Um, so and, and we learned a little bit about what goes on to the gunfights and things, but. You come, you come to us in the role of Miss Kitty from being a dancing girl, yeah, right? And, yeah. and you've grown up in Dodge City. You've got um, people around you that have been Miss Kitties. You watched the kitties um, when you were a kid. So what are some things that you've learned that, um, you know, this is, this is how we play for the tourists. This is how we play for our visitors. Sure. So you have to be patient and kind and laugh at everyone's jokes. <laughs> and if you've seen the show, that's one of our songs <laughs> in the show. But you just really, um, everyone that you see, all of the kids that you get to see, everyone just comes in and everyone's just so excited and really putting, um, creating the best personal experience for each guest, making mm-hmm. it their vacation, making them feel like they're the the only guest that we have right now on the complex. It's it's their vacation. You know? There you go. What is your favorite part? What's your favorite exhibit? And I, I'm kind of guessing it might be this. Yeah, actually, so I have a few favorites. This one is definitely my favorite. I wish that I had a dress designed like this that I could wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other favorite is honestly the buffalo exhibit. We have a huge buffalo and the ground shakes and it feels like a real like buffalo stampede, which I just think is the coolest thing. Well, and Buffalo played a really huge role in the yeah. development of Dodge um, in the early days. Yeah. That's what brought everybody out yeah. here was the Buffalo hunts. Right. We were almost named Buffalo City, I think. I, you know, but as there, much as I love Buffalo, I don't yeah. think it works. <laughs> no, I like I, I like Dodge City. That's a good name for us. It's a good fit. <laughs> there you go. Well, now this dress was worn on screen by Amanda Blake in um, in Gunsmoke, and you can see this and other exhibits if you come out to Dodge to Boot Hill this summer. I guess what's a what's a favorite memory of an interaction with a guest? Oh, um, so I did a lot of daytime can-can uh, mm-hmm. working in the summer times almost every day I've been here. <laughs> and um, teaching the little girls and little boys how to do the can-can is the cutest <laughs> thing. They just get those skirts on and you just teach them and they have the most fun and you get everyone in the saloon to clap and hoop and holler and they just feel like stars and it, you can see them so excited and they even get like a little certificate when they're finished mm-hmm. and we autograph it and they're just so <laughs> happy and you can tell how much they actually love it. Okay. We get a lot of famous visitors to Boot Hill Museum, and um, practically everybody from John F. Kennedy was named an honorary marshal. 
um, to the most recent ones were the Oak Ridge Boys that came out here while they were on tour. I guess they came out to the museum and and uh, wandered around exhibits. Who's been one of your favorite yeah. oh, interactions? Um, Buck Taylor, so actually mm-hmm. played Newly O'Brien on Gunsmoke. He comes out a lot, and he's been around. He's just the sweetest. He, if you really get to know him, he's just such a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's so nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we do see Buck a lot, and it's because he's like he's always said. If there wasn't a Dodge City, there wouldn't have been a Gunsmoke, and without a Gunsmoke, he wouldn't have had the start of his career. So we have a special place in his heart, I guess. Well, thank you so very much so for joining much. us on the on the podcast today yes, and the thanks. video podcast. <laughs> and like I said, if you want to come out and, and have some fun, make some memories, please come out to Dodge City. Come join us at Boot Hill Museum this summer. Bring the family, even if you're a local. Um, there's going to be some new things coming out that you haven't seen before, and we really encourage you, come get the heck into Dodge. Thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this week's very special episode of our HPJ Talk. We'll be back to our regular format next week. Our print issue will be a split cover, Uh, with a a special canola story for our High Plains Journal readers and another story for our Midwest Ag Journal readers. So be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes April 22nd. And of course, look for additional content online anytime at hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com slash podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Plus, we have added content on our new YouTube channel. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HBJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hbjtalk at hbj.com. Thanks for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal. All rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck. Saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country. Crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends of my heat.